Father, how we thank you for all your love and your blessings. And Lord, this time this evening, I pray, Father, that you help us as we minister to your people these things concerning the work that we all need to be doing. And Father, I pray that, that no one would, would shun away, but that all would open their hearts and receive because, Lord, we, it takes all of us. We've all got to do this. So, Father, I pray you help us tonight that we can look into these things and see the things that we need to know. Father, I pray that you bless your hand upon each one that's not here, any sickness, disease, or anything that's hindering anyone, Father. I just ask you to touch and minister into their lives. Lord, we thank you again for all your grace and love and for this opportunity. In Jesus' name I pray. And together we said, Amen. Amen. Okay, I need some help. I need uh, two people. Uh, if you everybody gets a sheet, two, you'll have two sheets of paper, so y'all make sure everybody gets one of those pieces of paper. Now, we're going to, as we talk about these things that, uh, these weeks, we're going to be talking about motivational gifts. And what that means is that this is what causes you or in you to prompt you to do the things that you do. Now, as we go through this time, you're going to see a lot of things that, that are in uh, other people. But what I want you to look for as we go through these uh, things is, is characteristics of what fits you. Now, at the end tonight, I'm going, I'm going to hand out a, a survey. I, I hesitate to call it a test. It's called a spiritual gift inventory. Because if you call it a test, people get real scared and, you know, they don't like to deal with tests. So this is, this is not a test, okay? <laughs> this is a spiritual inventory. Fellas, I think there's some more people going to be coming in here, so y'all keep those and, and watch out for everybody. The last time I taught this here was in 2010, and some of you took it then. And uh, so I want you to be paying attention because not that your spiritual gift may have changed, but it may be that you recognize it different now than you did then. The end results of all of this is that we all are active and involved in the body of Christ, thereby being active and involved in the church. There's different things. Uh, I'm sort of dragging along till we get these papers handed out. We'll do better next week, uh, okay, and, and getting these out to you. Uh, and, and the thing about it is, these gifts, these motivational gifts, they're for everybody. Young people and older people, you don't have to be a certain age to begin to function in a motivational gift. Alright? Remember that. You teenagers, there's things in these that you'll need to see and that you'll need to understand. And these papers that we're handing out to you, I don't want you to fold them up and throw them away or make airplanes out of them. I want you to look at this because these things are important for life regardless of where you go or what you do. And, and you'll see these things, how that they also materialize on your job at work. You, you know, you have a job and you'll see, you'll see why you do some of the things that you do. And uh, so 
and or you'll see that there's things you need to do you don't you hadn't been doing that as well. But all right, now then we got those pretty well give out. In the New Testament, there are three sets of gifts that are mentioned. There's gifts in Romans 12 that that's going to be our main text for these. There's a set of gifts in Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to look at that. And there's a set of gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. All of these are for the body of Christ, and some of them may have the same name that is translated in English, but we're going to find that they're different in, in different respects, okay? So uh, let's read this in 1 Corinthians 12, and it should be here. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, understand this. You must be willing to do the thing that you feel in your heart that you need to do. That's what this first verse is telling us. That you present yourself, your body, meaning your whole being, spirit, soul, and body. And that is just a reasonable thing. Some people think that, well, working for the Lord is just unreasonable. God requires too much. No. Anything other than obedience to Him and following in your life the way you need to go, that's unreasonable. Now here he said that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I have to watch myself in reading these verses, and i tell you why. I heard the pastor say Sunday, I heard him on the Facebook broadcast, that uh, that I wouldn't be able to keep these to 30 and 35 minutes probably because I hadn't preached in a long time. Now, I could take those two verses right there and keep us here till midnight, okay? But So y'all pray for me to be able to move on through and get to where we need to be. For I say, verse 3, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one of us a measure of faith. In other words, whatever your motivational gift is, you're no better than anybody else in their motivational gift. There's a motivational gift of serving, and that's helping. There's a motivational gift of administration, that's leading. And one is no better than the other. It takes it all. Because if there's no one to lead the server, the server has no one to serve. And if there's no one to follow the leader, there's no leader. There's no one to lead. Verse 4, For as we have many members in one body. Now this is getting to us right here. As a group and to you individually. For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. Do you hear that? We're not all the same. We don't all do the same thing. And sometimes we may do the same thing, but we do it in different ways. So we being many are one body in Christ, and here's, here's the thing about it. Regardless of what our motivation is, we're all in the body. We're all in the body of Christ. We're all in this body of Victory Fellowship Church. And individually, members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Our ministry, let us use it in ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy 
with cheerfulness. Now, uh, that's the, the list of gifts that we're going to be dealing with. But let's take a few minutes and talk about these other two lists so that you can, as you're studying, as you're thinking in your mind, that you can distinguish between the gifts that he's given. The next list of gifts that I want to talk about is in Ephesians chapter 4. And this is what we what have been called the fivefold ministry gift. And you'll see why, why it's called fivefold ministry. Uh-oh, I want, there it is. In chapter, beginning in verse 1, I want to there again introduce some things. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There's one body. Everybody say one body. There's one Spirit. Everybody say one Spirit. One hope of calling. There's one Lord. Say that. One faith. One baptism. One God and Father of all. Now see, that, that all tells me this, that we're all in the same army. Whether they're over to Baptist Church, Methodist Church, Church of God, Church of Christ, if they're a child of God, we're all in the same army. It makes no difference. For there's one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. I've always said that I think Paul was from the South because he liked to say you all real well. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, now listen to this part, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now, he gave gifts. Now, I want you to notice in this, Jesus gave these gifts. All right? He gave these gifts to the church that he died for he didn't just go up and say okay now y'all make it the best way you can thank god for that when he ascended on high led captivity captive gave gifts to men now this he ascended what does it mean but that he also first descended in the lower parts of the earth he who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all in all now here see he Hung on the cross, he descended into the lower parts of the earth. I haven't got time to, to develop this, so bear with me, okay? He, but he, he went into paradise. Paradise at that time was an upper region of hell. It was not a place of torment. But he preached deliverance, according to 1 Peter. He preached deliverance to the spirits in prison, talking about the Old Testament saints. And when he ascended, when he came up out of that, he didn't go out alone. He brought these with him. He led those that were in captivity there, and they wasn't they wasn't in captivity like in chains or like in hell. It wasn't purgatory, any place like that. It was just where paradise was. Go back and read the story of the rich man and Lazarus in Luke chapter sixteen, and it'll give you some understanding of that. But when he ascended, he brought these Old Testament saints that believed in him. Look forward to his coming. He brought those out with him. And when he ascended up, he led all of those out. Paradise was moved into the very portals of God. And he, he himself, himself, Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers 
Now, that's the set of gifts that Jesus gave to the church for the purpose, and listen to what he said, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ until we all come into unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of God. The ministry gifts. These people are called into ministry. The apostle, you say, well, there's no such thing as apostles. Oh, yeah, there are. None of these have passed away, except in people's minds and some folks' it's closed theology. Okay? But they're still apostles. And we'll, if I had time, apostle is someone that goes to a place and starts a work or opens up something new, a new territory, a new place. When I came to Faultful, when my family moved to Faultful and we started this church, I was functioning in the ministry of an apostle because we came here, we started a work, okay? Missionaries that go to different places and start works there, they are apostles. They're doing the work of Paul. Apostle means sent one. So there's still apostles. People, now there's people that call themselves apostles because they just take a title. Alright? The, the more you walk with the Lord and the more you allow the Spirit to lead your life, you can distinguish between somebody that's just got a title and somebody that's doing the work of an apostle. Alright? Then he said there. They're apostles, prophets. They're still prophets in this day and time. People that are able to warn the church in a, in a specific way, and not only that, but to look into the future and to tell things that God shows them about that are coming in the future. So there's apostles. And, and recall it fivefold ministry and think of it this way. The thumb is being the apostle because the thumb, when it's closed, covers all the other ministries. So the, the pointing finger is the prophet because he points out things in the body of Christ and he tells the future. So then there's the evangelist. And, and he's the one that comes to stir up and to, to move people into coming to Jesus. And then there's the pastor, which is, you can talk about that as your ring finger. The pastor, is, is, is the reason we say the ring finger is because the pastor is married to the local church. And, and because of the ministry they're involved in. And then the pinky would be the teacher, which brings balance to the body of Christ. And, uh, and my calling in this has been pastor and teacher. But now that I'm no longer a pastor, even though you call me pastor, and I can function in that, but my main ministry has been teaching. Uh, I got time. In, in 1981, I had gone to a church service, and, and folks, I used to preach, preach. The front row wasn't safe unless they had towels. I preached hard, I preached fast, I sweated, and all of that, and enjoyed it. I went to this church service in 1981. And there was a little black minister ministering. His name was Larry Allen. He had a ministry in Charlotte, North Carolina called Rod of God Ministry. And he'd say, remember, you are a Rod of God. But I went to that service, and when he got through preaching, he, he went to give the invitation. And, and I'd never seen this guy before. Didn't know nothing about him, except that, you know, I'd heard he was a good preacher. 
had everybody standing. He pointed over at me and he said, Sir, right there in the blue suit, I had a blue suit on. He said, Don't leave, the Lord's got something to say to you. And I thought, Okay. And so he said something else. He said, No, come on, he wants to do it now. So I came up and he spoke these words over me. And at that time, I was also praying about leaving the workforce and pastoring full time. And the first thing he said to me was that the Lord is changing your ministry from the workplace to the pulpit. Well, I knew what that meant as I answered the prayer. And, uh, and he said, not only that, he said, but I see you as a big bulldozer that's reaching your blade up to heaven and God is filling it with the Word and you're bringing it back down. And he said these words as plain as everything. And teaching the people. I felt in me, man, I, I, I said, God, I don't know what all this means, but wow. So I went home that night, and I had my me- it was on Saturday night, I had my message ready for the next day. And when I got up in the pulpit, doing just like I am right now, went through that message, never got all that going, spitting and hollering and and I never did do the hugs anyway. But anyhow, I had, had all that going. And, and I'm thinking, why can't I get going, you know? Why can't I get going? And it ended up being we had tremendous altar service. People came to altar for prayer for all different needs and everything. And then I realized what he was saying. I'm a teacher. I'm a pastor, teacher. I'm not just a huffing, puffing, hellfire, damnation preacher. I'm a teacher. There's been times I've got over in the preaching area since then, and, uh, and I enjoy it. But, but there's still, but what I'm saying is this, there's this ministry, this apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher is to, to equip the saints for the purpose of working the ministry. The ministry is not only to be done by the pastor. The pastor is to lead and to equip the people. The people in the church are to do the ministry. And that's what this is about. And we're to do that until we come into the stature of a perfect man in Christ. Now, uh, I, got, I got way ahead of myself. Let me go back here. Uh, have, you, have you ever wondered just where you fit into the body of Christ? Well, where do I fit into this thing? You know, Here's all these people doing stuff, and I'm just sitting here. Nah, 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 nah. Maybe God called me just to sit on a, beach, uh, a seat. No, He didn't. Okay? If you did, you better do it every Sunday and be happy and smile while you're doing it. God's put us here for a purpose in our lives, and we need to know what that purpose is and develop it. We also need to learn what other people's gifts are so we don't get in each other's way. You know, somebody that has a motivational gift of teaching don't need to be the one up leading, okay? And uh, the person that has a motivational gift of serving, they need to be serving and uh, and then let the the ones that are leading, lead and not get in each other's way. And not only that, the one that's leading that has this government's or administrative gift don't need to stand in the way of just constantly pointing to the server, you do this, 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 because the server's going to know what to do, and they're going to be wide open, and they're going to do it. These seven gifts, and here's, here's something, the most important gift is the gift that you have. That's to you. That is the most important gift. And you're not concerned about whether anybody else's gift is going on. You just do your thing. And if you'll do your thing, other people do their thing, and the whole thing will get done then. And so we look at it that way. Uh, these seven gifts in Romans 12, we'll get back there in a minute, 
I call them God's seven gifts to success. Uh, they bring success in the body of Christ, into the church and the individuals, and they reveal the full image of Jesus as He really is. Now, let me go back. In 1 Corinthians 12 is the third list of gifts, and these are called the gifts of the Spirit. In uh, verse 4 of 1 Corinthians 12, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. That's the ones the Spirit gives. There are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. That's the ones Jesus gives. And there are diversities of activities, the motivational gifts, but it's the same God who works all in all. God gives those. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For the one is given the word of knowledge through the Spirit, to another the word of, or word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kind of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one in the self-same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Now, I want you to understand something. These gifts that we're talking about here, the gifts of the Spirit, they're not something that somebody learns. You don't have the gift of wisdom because you went to college 15 years. Okay? You don't have the gift of knowledge because you graduated from high school or anything like that. When we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, anything that has to do with the Spirit of God is supernatural. Remember that. I didn't say paranormal. Okay? It's not a superstitious thing. But it's supernatural. Because the Holy Spirit is not a natural being. He's supernatural. Wouldn't you say God's supernatural? Well, here we're talking about the Spirit of God. It's supernatural. So if the Spirit that gives the gifts is supernatural, I'm convinced that the gifts are supernatural themselves. And they function not because somebody wants to, but they function because the Holy Spirit gives them and the Holy Spirit wills them to be done. The gifts of the Spirit, and I don't have time to go into them and talk about them to, to, to that extent, except to say this. There's three sets here that we could look at them this way. There's the spoken gifts, which is the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues and the gift of prophecy, and it's simple prophecy. Okay. Then there's the, the, the uh, power gifts, and this is the gifts of healing, the working of miracles, and uh, discerning of spirits. This is, a, is something that's supernatural. Now, let me say this. Some people look at that and say, well, that's the gift of discernment. No, this right here is not the gift of discernment. We're going to see discernment come in back in the motivational gifts, okay? This is a supernatural gift, discerning of spirits, that a person through the Spirit of God is able to see into the spirit world to see angels, or even to see demon spirits. And you say, I don't have nothing to do with none of that kind of stuff. We need the gifts of the Spirit to be working in our church. They need to be working in our life because, folks, they can accomplish so many things. There's the, the gift of the Word of Wisdom. is a, The reason it's called a Word of Wisdom, a word is a fragmentary part of a sentence. And a gift of wisdom is a fragmentary part of the mind of God concerning things present or future. 
the gift of knowledge is a, the word of knowledge is a fragmentary part of the line of God, mind of God concerning things present or past. And understand this when we talk about this, and I'm going to have to move on. Satan has a counterfeit for every one of the gifts of God. What, what do you think that a fortune teller is? They're a counterfeit for these gifts. Horoscope is a counterfeit for these gifts. Soothsayers, uh, seances, all of these things are counterfeits for these gifts of the Spirit. All of those things you need to stay away from. And as you grow in the Lord, you come to learn and know the difference. All right, now then, let's go back to Romans 12, down in verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of another. Having then, then gifts, <coughs> having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, now we're going to just introduce these real quick. Here, prophecy is not standing up and prophesying the future. Okay, here prophecy is that discernment that we was talking about because it's not a supernatural gift. So you're not looking into the Spirit, but you're looking into people. And you're able, you feel in you, hey, something not right about this person. Or, you know, or somebody tells you something, you say, that bears witness with me. You see what I'm saying? And there's people, and they are protectors of the body of Christ because, you know, I've had people to come to me and, and say, Pastor, you need, to, you need to watch so-and-so here, and you need to watch this situation because of this and this. And I recognize that they have this motivational gift of prophecy, and it's good to listen to them, okay? Now, there's people that have something about everything going on and everybody going on, and uh, that's just some kind of time because they are suspicious about everything and everybody. Then he said, uh, Ministry. This is the, the ministry of helps, of helping out, picking up paper, sweeping the floor, cleaning the bathroom, serving food, anything to do to support the ministry of the church, cutting grass, uh, painting, anything like that. And there's probably more people with the, this gift of helps in the body of Christ than there is in the rest of them. Uh, and then it said, hey, who teaches? Uh, this is somebody that feels like they just need to teach. They might feel like they need to teach the children. But but see, here's the thing about it. They they have this motivational gift of teaching, and everything they do at home with their children, at work, anywhere else, is in a teaching kind of manner. One, two, three, step here, step, do, do this, you know, this way. And uh, they they have that, and we'll, we'll talk more about it. Uh, he who exhorts. Or encourages is what this is about here. He who encourages, the encourager. And we need encouragers in the body of Christ, especially with the junk that goes on today. And then he who gives liberality. There's people that have the motivational gift of giving. And they give their time, their effort. They give their resources. And, and one thing about it, they'll give their resources, their finances, and they don't have to be pulled to give it. Uh, they'll... As a matter of fact, if somebody gets up and starts making a long appeal for money, it usually turns them off because they're ready to do it when they see the need. And then 
He who leads with diligence. That's the administrative part of it there, the government parts. And he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. That's the one that just has compassion for everybody. I mean, they see somebody hurting a mile off and they're ready for them. They want to help them, hug them, console them, you know, care for them. And, and that's that person. So we're going to talk about all of these. Now, uh, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 6 says that, that we are to, that, verse 16, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. See, every part does its share. That's your motivational gift working and functioning in the body of Christ. Uh, three reasons people overlook or miss knowing what their gift is. Number one, unrepented sins in their life. People that are just living in sin are probably never going to know or function in their motivational gift. And uh, then not being in the body of Christ or not involved with the body of Christ. That's, that's a better way to say it. Just saying that's the kind of person that says, well, I can get this much out of it sitting at home, not have to mess with all this other stuff. No, you can't. We need each other. And you can't get what I've got when you're sitting at the house and won't come and get what i got. Somebody needs to say amen. Are too busy imitating somebody else's motivative gift. I- imitating what somebody else is doing. And not doing what you need to be doing. You know, you look and you see somebody uh, that, that is say, like teaching. You think, boy, they just do that so easy and it just flows so good. I think I want to be a teacher. And you get up and you go, you're not supposed to be a teacher. Okay? These gifts are God's design to perfect the members in the body of Christ. As we understand and fulfill the position God has given us, we will be transformed. The church will be transformed because we will all be working together for the glory of God. That includes teenagers and older folks. Now, you'll find characteristics in your children, little children, of some of these things as we go through them and as you see it. And if you see characteristics that are dominant of these things, then you need to encourage them along that line. Now, this uh, spiritual gift inventory, there's uh, some of you that was here in 2010 and took that, and I'm going to deal with that in just a minute. But you have never done one of these spiritual gift inventory. It's a, a little questionnaire, and it's got a bubble thing here like you take an ACT test. Don't let that scare you. And what I want you to do, now listen, here's, it, here's this important. I want you to take this home with you and this is your homework assignment. If you don't do this, you fail next week. <laughs> I want you to do this, sit down, look at it, pray about it, and then go through it. It'll take about 20 minutes. Now here, you parents that have teenagers, what I want you to do with them is to sit down and help them. Maybe they the, the question that it's asking the statement that it gives might be a little bit blurry to them yet because of their lack of maturity. I know all our teenagers are mature, 
but you know there's areas of maturity they're not got reached to yet. Uh, physically mature, but some maybe not mentally mature. Of course, there's a whole lot of us that are think we're mentally mature that hadn't got there yet really good, right? But anyway, now, uh, Mark, if you get somebody to help you. Now, if you have never done one of the spiritual gifts inventory, I want you to be sure that they give you one of these. Uh, and and remember this. Don't, don't open up that inside part. Just answer it and bring it back, and we'll work on getting it together. So if you've never done one, I want you to take that and do it. And bring it back next week. Everybody say, bring it back next week. Alright, now, here's, here's some, now you that did this 13 years ago, uh, what I want you to do is to take it and go back through the questionnaire and look at it and see if anything has changed. Just look at each one of these questions, alright? Uh, Loretta? We did not have enough. Oh, no. Would you all hand those out too? Who didn't get one? You've already had one? Well, you don't get another. (laughs) Yeah. If you've already took that spiritual gift inventory, you don't need to do it again. Now, something you can do. If you didn't, if you didn't get one, Luke, y'all can do this. If you go online and put down spiritual gift inventory, you can go to this and do it online. But uh, I'm sorry that we didn't have enough. Yeah, you're not going to be here next week anyway. (laughs) Do what? I know you're going to do it. We'll get some more. Now, I know you'll have some questions, but... If you'll take that and and just color in the bubble of the one that suits you best, then at the end of it, we can look at it and we can discover what your spiritual gift is. And the reason I want you to do it before we start teaching on them is so because your first answer on this is the real you. Because... I'm going to tell you, as we teach on each one of these things, you're going to see things in it that can apply to you, and you'll think, well, maybe I'm a teacher, or maybe I've got the gift of prophecy. When really you don't, they're just a couple of things that fit you, but the thing that, that you're going to, that's going to fit you good 
is you're going to have a whole lot of information on that. And then <clears throat> what we've got to do once we get this back and get these looked at, get through this class, is begin to help you grow in your particular ministry in your life. And that's what we want to do. Remember the pastor preached two Sundays, born on purpose for a purpose. And this would help you find out what your purpose is. Okay? All right. Well, it is 7.35, and it's time to stop. Told you, so y'all can go eat. Before we quit, we'll pray. Does anybody have a prayer request real quick? Stevie? Y'all going to go on a trip, huh? Okay. Okay. I want you to be remembered, continue to remember Debbie Mitchum's family. All right, y'all stand. Father, we thank you again now for your word. We pray, Lord, as your word goes forth tonight, Father, that it's touched hard, opened eyes, opened minds, and help us, Lord, to just glue, get, glue into this and understand where we need to be and what we need to be doing and then begin to develop and grow in that. Father, I pray for uh, Stevie and Sister Brenda as they go on their trip. Thank you, Lord, that your angels surround them and keep them as they travel. I pray for Sister Pat and family, Lord, that you're with them. Just touch and minister peace and grace into their life. And Father, I pray for uh, Debbie Mitchum's family, Lord, that you touch them, Chelsea and Cleet and Cliff. And Lord, just give them peace and comfort and help throughout these days. Now, Father, we pray your blessing on the food we're about to receive, the fellowship we're about to have, and we magnify you in Jesus' name we pray. And together we said, Amen. Amen.